Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the IDP show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the virtual Sojack tonight from four for four. It is Mikey Dubs, Mike Wallert. Mike, how are you, my friend? What is going on? Week 11? Like, seriously, week 11, really. We're, I, I think we say it every year. It goes faster every year, but seriously, it, it is. It's, it's a blink of an eye and season's more than halfway over. I know it. We talked about it on last night's show. We have 11, 12, 13, 14, four weeks, Mike, and then the playoffs. So what we are going to do tonight is help get the folks right. We've got waivers running tomorrow, Tuesday. We're recording this Monday night, so waivers are going to be running Tuesday. And this is the time of year, Mike, where it really gets crucial because injuries are starting to mount. We've got teams on by, and we've got situations that we have to figure out and navigate both in the NFL landscape and then what to do with our fantasy rosters to reflect these changes. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to go through some waiver wire candidates for both DL, LB, and DB, and also go through some drop candidates because if you're adding people to your roster, you also have to make room. So we'll talk about some of those drop candidates as well. Mike, you ready to jump into it? Go for it. All right, let's start at the defensive line, and we're going to be talking about some targets here. A player that had a big blow-up week with 29.7 points by big three scoring, eight tackles, two sacks, was B.J. Ojolari from the Arizona Cardinals. His last three games, he's had 14 tackles and three sacks and a steady increase in snaps from the start of the season, playing more than 30% of snaps in four of the last five. He is heating up. Michael Hoyt. Edge rusher, Los Angeles Rams, 88% of snaps, 10 points. He had six tackles. He's had 15 tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble in his last three games. He's never had less than 71% of snaps in any game this season, and his next three games are juicy. Seattle gave up three sacks in week 10. Arizona also gave up three sacks, and Cleveland is the number one scoring team for opposing DL, and he's coming off a bye, so other managers, they might be off his radar just a little bit. Couple more options here. Sam Williams, 47% of snaps in week 10, 13.45 points. Dallas Cowboys edge rusher, three straight double digit scoring games. Very efficient with his snaps. Carolina on deck should be a positive game script like this past week versus the New York Giants. Then he gets Washington the following week, who gives up sacks at an outlandish rate. And then finally, a player from my beloved Indianapolis Colts, Mike. We've got Dio Odangbo, edge rusher. 
58% of snaps, 36.5 points in week 10, four tackles, three sacks, double digits in the last two games played, five tackles, four sacks over that span. He's heading into the bye, so not many managers will be keen on adding him. Some eye-popping numbers in this group, Mike, but who do you want to talk about first from the DL? Is there more to talk about? I think you pretty much covered it all, I think. Uh, I think also for the same token, you mentioned um, Hoyt. I think Byron Young is probably another one who also could be flying under the radar just for the same reasons. Um, as uh, as you mentioned, Cleveland is, uh, I think they're using a third or fourth string tackles. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a phone call yet from them to, to play coming. tackle, which would be a very, which would be very bad. Um, but what I did notice in the second half, they did a lot of adjustments. So they were getting the ball off a little bit quicker. Um, he, he wasn't a, as much under duress or, or under pressure. So, but I still like Byron Young. He's still getting, uh, rookie 87% of the snaps. I mean, he's getting a uh, more than a full-time load. Um, Sam Williams was actually someone I think I wrote up at the beginning of the season as a potential breakout and hasn't quite been there but yeah he had a i think he had a, a sack he had a really nice sack where he uh kind of faked dropping into coverage and just came in on on devito so i i do like williams he's a big play specialist kind of one of those yannick and gakaway types he's not going to get you many tackles he's allergic to tackles but he's going to get the sacks he's going to go after the quarterback um so yeah the the guys that you you mentioned yeah and it's always nice to get kind of a waiver guy because i'm guilty of it i'll go through waivers and i'll be like okay this guy, I like this guy, but then I'll see the buy. I'm like, ah, no, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll wait. Right. So, I'm guilty of that too. If I see somebody on buy, I'll typically, I'll typically avoid them. So, um, with Odin Ingbo, I think uh, he's someone you want to, you know, just kind of stash and keep on the bench. Um, good pressure rate, um, not much of a win rate, uh, but he's one of those guys that sometimes goes unblocked and plus he's playing inside. I saw him a couple of times inside. He's kind of taking on blocks. So that's why his win rate isn't as high, but he's someone who won't, uh, he won't give up until the whistle. So he had a really nice swim move on one of his sacks, but yeah, he's, he's kind of kicking inside and, and taking on blocks. So that's why the win rate uh, isn't as, as high as some of your other edge rushers. Yeah. I think I would prioritize this probably Hoyt number one, just because of the snaps. So, Hoyt mm -hmm. slash Byron Young, right? Both guys getting north of 80% of snaps. When it comes to DL, Mike, I'm not going to chase like points. I'm going to chase snaps, something mm -hmm. a little more predictable. And I like both those Rams edge rushers, especially with those juicy matchups they have coming up. Mm -hmm. um, I think Odengbo, for me, the couple of knocks on him is that, like you mentioned, going into the buy, so you've got to stash him for a week. And then also, he is the third guy in this edge rushing rotation behind Quiddy Pay and Sebson Ebucam. So you're, you're digging down kind of the same thing with Sam Williams, who's getting less snaps than Odengbo is. So Sam Williams, I like his prospects for Dynasty. I think if you want to pick this guy up and throw him into like an IDP flex spot, mm -hmm. I don't know that I necessarily want to start this guy in a edge one or edge two role. Uh, right. But B BJ Ojolari, Mike, I think could be a sneaky pickup because this Arizona team, like we talked about on last night's episode, the juice is back in the building a little bit with mm -hmm. Kyler Murray returning. And I think Ojolari could be getting some serious run here to round out the season. Yeah, he had a, I think he had a 50, I want to say he had a 50% win rate. So, I mean, 
this past week. So he's, and, and for those that may not know, 50 per, a win rate is just, you're beating your blocks within two and a half seconds. So he's beating blocks in fewer than two and a half seconds. So he's got a good, uh, he gets off the snap quick and he's got uh, a plan to get to the quarterback, which is exactly what you want out of your edge rushers. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably how I would prioritize it. I would go with Hoyt, number one, Ojolari, number two, I would go probably Sam Williams third and then Odangbo fourth just because of the buy. But Odangbo, he has these pop games. So he's, again, a perfect yeah. candidate for your IDP flex spot. So let's do some drop candidates, though, Mike, because this is something that I've we've gotten some questions about. And I think it's fair to ask ourselves, like, all right, what are we looking for when we're looking at who to drop now? There are, there are going to be some big names on this list. And so this is where, Mike, I want you to tell me, all right, that's crazy. We're not dropping this guy. Be patient. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about Will Anderson Jr. Now, this is in the context of redraft. You're not dropping mm -hmm. Will Anderson or really any of these guys in Dynasty. But Will Anderson this season, 70% of snaps last week, this past week, week 10, 4.75 points. He's playing a good number of snaps, more than 61% in every game, but just two sacks, single-digit scoring in five of the last six games, three or fewer tackles in five of the last six as well. Also, Lucas Van Ness, this is just a volume issue. 29% of mm -hmm. snaps last week, 6.25 points. He just has one sack all season. That was in week one. Hasn't played more than 40% of snaps since week five. Eight single-digit scoring games this season. Dynasty stash. This is an easy drop and redraft if you're holding on to this guy. Now, here's a couple big names, Mike. Jonathan Allen, Washington Commander's defensive tackle. 83% of snaps. He had 14 points, four tackles and a sack. He finally had a double-digit scoring game this past weekend. Before that, he had four single-digit scoring games. Uh, the PFF grades have not been great. Uh, Washington, as we know, traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young, so teams can focus more on blocking Allen. 83% of snaps is his second highest total this season, so maybe that's a reason for optimism. And then we also have Gregory Rousseau, Buffalo Bills. They're playing right now as we record this against the Cincinnati Bengals, so he might go for you know three sacks and make us look dumb for even having this conversation. But the problem here, sort of like Lucas Van Ness a little bit, is just volume. Mm -hmm. um, he has not played that many snaps because Buffalo has an extreme edge rushing rotation, 43% of snaps in week nine, because the bills, uh, are playing right now. So we don't know what week 10 looks like 8.75 points, four or fewer tackles in every game this season, three, one tackle performances, three sacks on the season, none since week four, um, positive PFF grades, just not showing up in the stat column. And Von Miller is back. Mike. If you're sitting there staring at some of these waiver options and you've got these guys on your team, are you uh, pushing the ejector seat button on any of them? I think the one I still have pause on is going to be Will Anderson um, generating pressure rate. I mean, that's the thing we, you know, we, we like to say pressure will eventually get to sacks, but uh, I, I think he's tied with Jonathan Grinnard as with, with the total, with, uh, with total pressures generated. He's got nine quarterback hits. So that tells me he's, close he's missed you know he's just been maybe a half of a millisecond or half a second away from from sack so the pressure rate is there um but if you're in a in a shallow league i i don't have a problem necessarily dropping him um i think a someone i i think i might consider dropping i i might con consider dropping andrew van ginkle 60 yeah. percent of the snaps i think he's gone four or five games without a sack 
Um, I think Jalen Phillips is kind of eating into some of his into some of his snaps. So um, I, I think I might, you know, I think Andrew Van Ginkle is one of those streamers. I think you can just drop and pick up and probably someone you can probably pick up uh, at, at another time. So that's probably someone I would uh, then I wouldn't necessarily have a problem uh, problem dropping. Um, I think Zayvon Collins, I think if you're still holding on to him, I think you can probably drop him. Um, so, and for me, if you're holding on to maybe Ed Oliver, I think he's another guy. He had a big week a couple of weeks ago, but just doesn't seem to do much. So I, I don't, I don't buy into Ed Oliver. So those are a couple of names that you could probably drop. Um, I mean, if you're in a defensive tackle required, I mean, even in a DT required, he's still, you know, he has more, I think he has more single digits than he's produced double digits. So those are kind of the names that I'm that I'm throwing out. Uh, yeah, Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, he's not getting the snaps. Um, Jonathan Allen, DT required. You're probably holding. If you're in a DL general, you can probably you know probably find uh, better options. But um, that Washington defensive line certainly you know it's tough to to replicate on a on a year to year basis. So you know this that Washington defensive line is now decimated. I mean they've traded two of their better edge rushers. So I think that's going to gather more information or not more information, but more attention to Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen are going to get more attention because seriously, you're not scared by Casey Tuhill. Um, no, there's no, nobody on the edge that you're scared of anymore. Sweat and Chase Young are gone. So you really Payne and, and, and Allen are the two guys you have to key in on that are not that you don't want them uh, disrupting your whole game. Yeah. Here's a question we had last night, Mike. In a redraft format, let's ass- mm-hmm. let's assume like medium depth, right? Um, dropping Rashawn Gary. I'm not. No, um, I have. I I will be honest. When I when it comes to dropping, I have extreme FOMO. <laughs> I, I have it. a tough time dropping guys. So Rashawn Gary, I uh, I'm probably not. I'm probably not dropping if his. If he wasn't generating the pressure that he that he does, I probably would probably drop him. But no, as of right now, I'm not um, because I know exactly what's going to happen. I drop him and somebody picks him up. They play him against me. He has five sacks and I'm screwed. So that's how it goes. I I, I have extreme FOMO when it does come when it comes to dropping some of these guys. So uh, Gary, I'm probably I'm probably keeping if if you're starting one to one to two DL, I don't necessarily have a problem dropping him. Um, probably kind of is probably in that mold or in that format. He's probably like a streamer. This is where the underlying metrics become important for me because it's like um, Zadarius Smith earlier in the season. Yeah, like he's starting to heat up, and we saw it because of the underlying metrics. He just wasn't mm-hmm. getting home, and yep. so again, I think for me the signs that I am fine dropping a guy is if the snaps are let's say below. I mean, I, I want my my DL guys playing north of like 70 percent of snaps. Yeah, that's so a sweet if, spot. If you're below that. I think you're probably uh, a good option to drop. And then if the underlying metrics aren't there, look at the mm-hmm. win rate, right? Look at the pressures. If they're not getting close to getting to the quarterback and they're not playing the snaps, that's a guy you got to get out of there. So, yeah, I think with some of these guys, I like to, if they're below, I think I give, I think my, my, my floor on a pressure rate, if they're below 12 to 13%. Yeah. That's kind of where, like okay i think i think we're done here 
<laughs> yeah, and you can always pick it back up if they start playing better, as long as someone else doesn't snag them. But yep. um, you, you got to put guys on your roster that have a chance to contribute points. So, and we don't like to chase points, especially with defensive line. Uh, we want to chase the things that lead to points because that position oftentimes production comes down to luck. It comes down to the quarterback holding the ball for 0. Yep. 0.2, 0.3 seconds longer to get the yep. sack the quarterback rolling towards the edge rusher instead of away from them. So uh, you, you need that person to be in a good position to make plays that reward you points. So that's just yep. a little bit of guidance on defensive line drops. But let's move, Mike, to everyone's favorite position. We know you are the Green Dot King, so we're going to talk linebackers here. And let's start with a name out of Minnesota that was a hot topic this offseason, Ivan Pace Jr., Jordan Hicks, shin contusion. Now, Ivan Pace's playing time will be tied to Jordan Hicks's recovery timetable, so pay attention to that this week. But Ivan Pace, 83% of snaps in Week 10, 5.25 points, 5 tackles. He was wearing the green dot after Hicks exited. He has mm -hmm. Denver next week, a top-12 team for opposing linebacker scoring. Uh, Green Bay, Isaiah McDuffie remaining relevant with both Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker missing time, 89% of snaps, 13 points last week. He has double digit points. The last four games played, uh, 47 tackles in his last four games. Great option in tackle heavy leagues. Jelani Tavai, New England Patriots, hundred percent of snaps with Juwan Bentley inactive this past week, 11.25 points, seven tackles. The Patriots do have their bye after the Germany game. Again, kind of like we were talking about with Dio Odengbo. May make some managers shy away, but they do have the Giants coming up. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to run the ball a lot. They're a top 10 option for opposing linebackers. Uh, Mike, you mentioned this one, Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson. Unfortunately, we had the very devastating news. Quan Alexander out for the season, Achilles. torn Achilles. Yeah, just a real bummer for Quan. Uh, a week after they just lost Cole Holcomb. So this linebacker room has gone through a lot of turnover. Alandon Roberts should be that 100% of snaps guy, at least for right now. Mark Robinson is the second man up behind Alandon Roberts. Um, he's rostered in just 5% of leagues. He played 60% of snaps in week 10. They play the Browns next week, a top five scoring to opposing linebackers. So a very juicy matchup. If Alandon Roberts is out there on your waivers, folks, Blow that fab. Go get this yeah. guy. And like Adam said last night, and then put a dollar on Mark Robinson just in case you get outbid on Roberts. Uh, and then finally, David Mayo, 78% of snaps. Washington Commanders. Jamin Davis is the 100% of snap guys, but Mayo is averaging 80% of snaps with Cody Barton on the shelf. 29 tackles the last four games. He's great in tackle-heavy leagues. Not so much in big play leagues, but he does get the Giants. Uh, next week, which is a great option with four teams on by against a generous offense for opposing LBs. Mike, you are the green dot king, the linebacker whisperer. Which of these guys is tickling your fancy the most for week 11? Well, um, some news with Minnesota. Jordan, I've heard of all sorts of injuries and syndromes. I've never heard of compartment syndrome. Oh, that's bad. Uh, that is apparently what Jordan Hicks has. He was hospitalized with compartment syndrome. Uh, so I'm assuming that's an extended period of time, probably candidate for injured reserve. I would think uh, so maybe Department. Out for the year. I don't know. I know you've got, I know, uh, uh, your injury guy. I can't remember his. Yeah. Lee Andrews. Yeah. He's your injury guy. So my apologies, uh, for forgetting him, but yeah, the, that's, that's a biggie. They did sign Anthony Barr. So Anthony Barr is back okay. in Minnesota, There you go. which I don't think. 
Bard, I don't think necessarily has familiarity with Brian Flores's defense, so I don't see him wearing the dot right away. I think it's more of a I'm considering more of an indictment on Brian Asamoah than it is, I think, on Ivan Pace. Mm-hmm. So I'm still targeting Ivan Pace. I don't think Anthony Barr scares me off all that much. Um, obviously, we'll see if he does wear the dot on Sunday, which is a total possibility with, uh, you know, a, a total possibility with him coming into the fold. So he's got the experience of doing it uh, in years past alongside Eric Kendricks. So just a couple of things to, to keep in mind. But, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Hicks is probably going to be out for uh, an extended period of time. Um, Joan Bentley, I think with the bye week with New England, probably I'm putting Tavai near the bottom of my priority just because if Bentley does come back, Tavai kind of goes back to that 50, 60, maybe 70% guy. Um, so he's kind of lower on my lower, probably lower on my radar. Um, but I'm still gonna go for pace. But yeah, Roberts is probably looks to be the the green dot. He's probably gonna be the full-time guy. Um, be on the lookout though, if Pittsburgh does bring in somebody off the street or off, you know, who they kind of see who they work out, which uh will that that will be an indicator. They have to bring in somebody. They're they're the linebackers there are just are dropping like flies because I think yeah. as of right now it is just Roberts and Robinson. Yep. Um I don't know who else is, is on there. Um so um but yeah, the uh um McDuffie obviously is tied to Quay Walker. I don't know the again the extent of Quay Walker's injury, but be that as it may, if I'm in a deeper league, even if Walker does come back, I'm holding on to McDuffie just because we treat these linebackers are similar as running backs. This is a this is a handcuff, and he does have value if either Campbell or Walker go out. So this is a guy. Obviously, we've seen he can plug in at a at an 85 to 90 percent snap rate and and get tackles. So um, those are those guys have have value. Obviously, um, so definitely. Uh, definitely worth a hold. Um, and in terms of some other linebackers, I know you mentioned um, David Mayo. Um, it's it's really becoming kind of survival of the fittest at this point. I know Mosley got hurt, but I think he came back. Uh, don't chase Jamie and Sherwood. Uh, don't chase his points. Um, and uh, but yeah, as far as linebackers go, I know we're all linebacker thirsty. We want. We want the next guy. I'm probably also considering maybe throwing a dollar at Christian Harris just just to have a body there in Houston. I know Denzel Perriman has the green dot. I know his snaps have been on the rise. Uh, Henry Toto, 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 Toto. We're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> C-3PO. Um, he's, he's, he hasn't been playing very well, and I know he was inactive. Even Cashman snaps have been going down. Yep. He's no longer – he's – kind of a more of a, of a full-time guy. He's not kind of a three-down guy. So that Houston situation has really not deteriorated, but it's gotten weird really quick, which I don't understand. Cashman's playing pretty well. I don't understand messing with the rotations right now, especially when you're in a playoff run. And Cashman I, has been playing really good football. I think the theory I saw John float on Twitter was that they are working Perryman back up to that full-time role slowly. Right. And right. that it will be Cashman as the LB2, Perryman as the LB1 once Perryman's back to full health. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I'm really nervous to start any of these guys because yes. we have declared each of them dead at certain points this season, mm-hmm. only the, only for them to rise from the grave and uh, make us look like fools. Um, so 
I should mention, I just Googled compartment syndrome and I, I think it depends on whether or not you have surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be a three to four month recovery oh, uh, from okay. what I'm seeing on the Google machine. So okay. that could be a serious long-term injury, uh, depending on if Jordan Hicks had to have surgery for it. So, yeah, I think I would throw out the same words of caution here. Isaiah McDuffie is a great handcuff to have. If you have space, keep him on your bench, even if Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are healthy. Both these guys have gotten banged up this season. Jelani Tavai, totally tied to the health of Juwan Bentley. If Bentley is in, Tavai is not a guy I want to start. Um, Go after these Steelers guys. They are great uh, options to prioritize this week. David Mayo is fine. Um, And then, like Mike said, Christian Harris is... Uh, worth a dollar or two. Why not? And then I would definitely say Alandon Roberts, Ivan Pace. Which of those two guys are you putting the most fab on, Mike? Oh, it's it's Roberts. Just for the simple fact, it's he's got the clearest path to snaps and uh, really nothing in his way. Um, and also real quick, in case anybody dropped Divine Diablo, I know he came mm-hmm. back. I think he was at about a 65, 70% snap rate, if I recall. Uh, but I think he's somebody, I think he produced the same amount of tackles and fewer snaps than Robert Spillane. Um, and I think Micah McFadden, I think he's though really personnel dependent. I know. Uh, so it's it's really tough to nail down what his usage is going to be because he does seem to be personnel dependent because I think he was near 80% of the snaps last week, but his usage is so inconsistent. But in deeper leagues with buys and injuries, you might have to roll with some of these guys. Yeah, let's talk about drop candidates, Mike. And yep. uh, you mentioned the Giants here. One guy, I think, sort of like Lucas Van Ness, there's just no playing time there. It's Isaiah yeah. Simmons, New York yeah. Giants. One double-digit game all season. It was week five when he played 100% of the snaps in relief of the injured Micah McFadden. Since then, just 26% of snaps on average. Two solos and three assisted tackles over the last four weeks. You've probably already dumped Isaiah Simmons, but if you're holding on to him just because he's a big name, you're holding out hope for maybe some kind of resurgence in New York, here's your sign. Cut this guy loose. Uh, Anthony Walker, though, Mike, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns linebacker situation. Mm -hmm. He played 100% of snaps just one time this season, which was week seven. In the three weeks since, he has averaged 70% of snaps, only eight tackles over the last three weeks. Cleveland linebackers are tough to figure out, Mike. I'm fine to let someone else have the headache, but you are not only the linebacker whisperer, but a Cleveland Browns fan. What do you make of this linebacker situation? Well, if you've read... Uh, my my three down linebacker article. I have told you all season. Stay away. It's just yes. uh, I've not, not even JOK isn't even worth it because he's only getting fifty percent of the snaps. Uh, Anthony Walker and Sion Takitaki they share the responsibilities as the signal caller. So there is a rotation. Walker typically is on the the higher end of that rotation, but it is a situation. I've just said don't even don't even bother with it. Um, they have the rotation. They put the guys in in specific situations. That's how Jim Schwartz is used as off-ball linebackers all season. Um, so it's just always been a situation that I've recommended just not even bothering with. Um, in terms of some other guys I think you can drop, I think you can drop Christian Roseboom. I think his, I, I think the Rose is off the pedal here, so to speak. Uh, Ernest Jones is probably going to be coming back, and Roseboom is probably going to be going back to his normal 
uh, a 50 to 60% role. They're, they're a single linebacker dime heavy defense and it's basically Ernest Jones and uh, Roseboom is usually is always the guy that, uh, that comes off the field. Um, here's one that I think has been a point of contention now for the last couple of weeks. And for me, if you're in a shallow league, the answer is yes. If you're in a deeper league, the answer is no hold. Cause I always have a problem. I always have an issue with dropping a full-time three down guy. And that's Pete Werner. Mm. that's a tough he's, one mike he's, he's stunk. A tough yeah he he's he's in a full-time role his tackle yep. efficiency is not great and uh i i i he's really on the cusp and i've and i've seen a lot of people uh like i did the i did a thread on pete warner saying i i think he's gonna be okay and head of people no, i'm dropping just hate dropping and i'm like yep. i i get it i get it yeah, he's not been good this year, man. Demario mm-hmm. Davis is starting to come on uh, here. I think he's averaging 17 points per game the last five games. And Pete Warner just hasn't been that guy this season. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're in, like Mike uh, like Mike said, if you're in a shallow league, and then I'm thinking like even start two linebackers. I don't think – I think Pete Warner's dead weight at this point. Yeah, I, I, think, think, so you, too. I think so too. If you're in a th- start three, I'm probably holding him just because yes. you don't want to be caught – having to start a part-time linebacker if injuries mm-hmm. or bye weeks happen. So like, like you said, Mike, those, those guys are, are worth something in those deeper leagues, but yeah, shallow leagues, uh, toss them out and go grab one of these guys we just talked about. Yep. So let's wrap up with DB Mike and talk about some options here. Uh, we got, uh, some cornerbacks and a safety option here for you. Kicking things off with Cam Taylor Britt, Cincinnati Bengals cornerback, 95% of snaps in week 10, 27.25 points, nine tackles, a pick, and two PDs. He's had double digit scoring in six of his last seven games and 20 or more points in three of his last five. Um, Paulson Adebo, cornerback, New Orleans Saints, 100% of snaps in week 10, 17.25 points, nine tackles, two PDs. Four straight double-digit scoring games. One of the hottest DBs in all of IDP right now. Nine tackles, two PDs. Marshawn Lattimore injured his ankle, so Adebo may be asked to play a more prominent role after the bye in Atlanta. And speaking of that bye week, it may shy some managers away. So if you're in a CB-required league especially, watch the players that are dropped because Paulson Adebo might be dropped by a desperate manager who has to go find someone for that bye week fill-in. Safety-wise, let's talk about Keanu Neal, Pittsburgh Steelers, 82% of snaps, 43 of those snaps in the box, 21.2 points, eight tackles, a pick, and a PD. He has dual eligibility on sleeper. Might play more linebacker snaps with Quan Alexander out, Mike. Um, So something to keep in mind as well. He did play linebacker in Dallas, so he he can do it. Uh, 22 tackles the last three games, Cleveland next week. Top five team to opposing linebackers. And then Keyshawn Nixon, especially in leagues that score kick and punt return yards. Keyshawn Nixon is the closest thing we have to that kick punt return cheat code right now. 83% of snaps, 23.1 points, three straight double digit games. He's played more than 60% of snaps in all but one game this season. Rostered in just 10% of leagues. Mike, where do you want to start on the DB side of things? Yeah, I like I like the Keanu Neal call. I don't think he's dependent on Minka Fitzpatrick's health uh, since the week six by Neal's box usage has gone up. He had 28 snaps in week eight, 30 snaps in week nine and 21 
uh, this past week. He's also playing a little bit in the slot, so he's one of those line of scrimmage safety. So I definitely like the call with Neil, um, and especially with the linebackers uh, that are uh, – yeah, you know that are that are dealing with injury. Um, another guy I think um, that you that you didn't mention that will probably be in my waiver article with four for four um, is Jordan Whitehead. His his box rate uh, has gone up um, pretty pretty significant. Well, has gone up pretty uh, not significantly, but has definitely had a steady increase uh, from weeks one through six. He had a twenty five percent box rate. From uh, weeks eight through ten, it's been close to forty percent. So, um, and not coincidentally, his tackles have gone up. So, um, him, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams are getting the tackles there in uh, uh, in in the Jets with the Jets. Um, uh, but yeah, ten point seven percent tackle rate over the last couple of weeks. Twenty one tackles those last three weeks. Um, got his first interception since the hat trick in week one. So, he has a fifty nine percent play on ball rate. Um, so he's going to get a little bit uh, of those tackles and he's got some upside for some, uh, for some of those big plays. Yeah. Jordan Whitehead is one of those um, not sexy, but startable nope. safeties, which we love uh, because there's not a lot of sexy safeties this year. And uh, you were dead on Mike's week. Six was the Steelers bye week. Okay. So you like having those guys picking up off waivers that are past the buy because you know unless they get hurt you've got the rest of the season runway with them so uh let's talk about some guys that we can consider dropping and uh there's some big name guys on this list mike let's start with an off-season darling from tampa bay ryan neal um 33 of snaps in week 10. he was benched last week just 28 percent of snaps we wondered is this a part-time thing is he gonna get his job back next week he did not 3.25 yeah not looking like it 3.25 points three tackles he played more than 90 percent of snaps all season before that just five tackles in the last two games cut ryan neil loose get him out of there same thing with sam franklin zero percent of snaps the last two weeks both a big fat offer in terms of snaps he'd been basically playing a hundred percent of snaps since um the uh, since before these last two weeks in relief of Xavier Woods, who is now back. And now that Xavier Woods is back, Von Bell is still there. Um, Sam Franklin is on the shelf. Now, if either of these guys go down, you can probably plug Sam Franklin back in there. But just 18 tackles over that four-game stretch where he was playing basically 100% of the snaps. So if he does become relevant again, I'm not expecting that much, Mike. Mm -hmm. um sam franklin's just not that good for idp speaking of not that good nick scott safety cincinnati Bengals, 84 percent of snaps just 2.75 points three tackles in week 10. he's averaging four points per game over the last four games of his 48 tackles this season 22 came in two games and he has five straight games with four or fewer tackles he's clearly the safety two in cincinnati it's him and dax hill but he's just not very good and then Julian Love is the last guy we want to talk about here. 41% of snaps, 5.75 points, four tackles. Since Jamal Adams came back, his snaps have plummeted. His first full week back, Jamal Adams, which was week seven, we had a little bit of false hope, Mike, because Julian Love played 91% of snaps. We're like, oh, my God, are they going to run out three safeties? This is so cool. But since then, Julian Love averaging just 49% of snaps in the three games. Love is only relevant rest of season if Jamal Adams gets hurt, which – could very well happen. So what are your feelings on these drop candidates here, Mike? 
For me, I have the opposite of FOMO when it comes to defensive backs. I'm like, yeah, if there's a guy that just isn't doing anything for you, then freaking get rid of him. Um, I'm going to throw out Jerron Curse. Um, he's another one who's losing he's, who's losing snaps um, and not getting tackles, which is, for me, uh, a perfect formula for a drop. Um, if you're not producing for me then and you're not on the field, um, can't get me points when you're on the sideline. So he he's another one I think you can drop. Uh, since the bye week, I think he only has let's see four, five, eight tackles in three games. Um, he's only he has three double digit fantasy points, double digit fantasy point games. Um, I think forty tackles on the entire season. So I think Jerron Curse is another one that you can uh, give the old uh, heave ho to. Yeah, DBs, man, it is all about playing time because these there are so many guys available, especially in DB leagues like Sleeper, uh, where you have these cornerbacks that are really, really great options. I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt, Paulson Adebo, Kenny Moore, Devon Witherspoon. There's a lot of corners that I would have no problem plugging in as like a DB2 or DB three in a league like sleeper. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially in CB required leagues, man, there's Johnny, the Greek talks about this all the time. There's so many cornerbacks who start every week that there's no reason to play someone getting less than hundred percent of snaps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With, with safety, Mike, are there any kind of thresholds you're looking for when it comes to guys that you're like, ah, you're right there on the borderline. I might have to cut you loose. Um, I, I'm right there. If it's, if it, I think, I treat them like linebackers, but for safeties, 90% as long as you're playing on the line of scrimmage. But if you start losing those line of scrimmage snaps, then that's kind of where I have to kind of draw the line. If you're playing a little bit deeper, um, a name I'm going to be very interested to see people dropping is, is Jalen Petre, who has not even come close to what he did in his rookie year. And I, I wasn't expecting him to repeat his rookie year numbers because they were insane. Um, and I, I mean, Petre led probably, I mean, I know he's got to be responsible for quite a few championships last season, but yep. um, it, it, that'll be a, a name who I'm interested to see of people dropping. Um, I mean, put up a goose egg. It's just, it uh, happens, just man. One of those games. So it'll be, you don't expect it from him. People. No, but it happens. And, uh, but he's, yeah, he missed a few games, but again, certainly more single digit fantasy points than, than double digits. So I'm going to be very interested to see how people treat uh Petre this year. If, if they're just going to be like, if they hate drop him. Um, so yeah, with DBs, like I said, I don't, I don't have FOMO on DBs. I'll, I'll if, drop them. I think the exception may be Kyle Duggar. I just love Kyle Duggar. <laughs> it's hard to let go of those guys that are actually good, right? Uh, but Bill Belichick, man, he's he's still torturing us years later with our IDP squad. So, yep. well, there you go, folks. Uh, waiver targets and drop candidates at DL, linebacker, and DB. Mike, thanks again for joining me. Remind the good folks where they can find your work and what you have coming up, especially with regard to the waivers. Yes, you can get me at 444.com. Waiver Wire article usually drops on Tuesdays. Um, three down linebacker article is updated every Monday. So that is available now, not behind a paywall. So you can get all that info uh, free of charge. Um, just know that if you consume it, you are taking food out of the mouths of my children. So <laughs> do keep that in mind. Uh, usually put up ranks on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, updated throughout the week. 
And you can also follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert, W-O-E-L-L-E-R-T, team underscore. There you go. Check it out, folks. Mike is doing great work. Um, you've got your weekly rankings, the three down linebacker article, waivers, Mike, and there's something else you write as well, I believe, right? Oh, yeah, wide uh, wide receiver cornerback article. So I look at those matchups every week as well. There you go, folks. Mikey Dubs has got you covered over at 4 for 4. Make sure you go over there, subscribe, check his stuff out. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the waiver episode. Hope you all enjoyed. Go out there, make those bids, get those waiver claims, and let's keep marching towards the playoffs. Y'all take care. We'll see you next week. Bye.